And I think in today's world, you can't be afraid to ask questions, you know, so learn from somebody else's experience or, you know, listen to this wonderful community, get the advice that you can get and, and don't be afraid to ask questions. No question is too little that you can't learn from. Alex Tossin always knew she wanted to be involved in fashion. So when she worked for a PR company out of college and then pursued her degree from Fashion Institute Parsons, her career followed working for Ralph Lauren, Beery, and Emily and Ashley Jewelry. Throughout her time gaining experience in the fashion industry, Alex worked with her husband, Michael, to start a blog that launched their journey into entrepreneurship. Having their own line of designer aesthetic clothing at an affordable price point was always their dream. You're about to hear how Alex's journey is a true testimony that something that starts as a passion project can evolve into a profitable full-time venture. Coming up, Alex shares how building your network can impact your entrepreneurial journey. Why finding your niche is so important in the early days of any business. How listening to your audience and filling their needs can position any brand for success. And finally, Alex shares the unexpected logistics involved in launching a fashion brand and e-commerce site. This is the Entrepreneurista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters. No limits. And plenty of surprises. Alex, I'm so excited to be finally sitting down with you and recording this episode. We chatted a couple of months ago all about your entrepreneurial journey on LinkedIn, and we realized we needed to make this a, a full podcast recording to, to share with our incredible entrepreneurs. They needed to hear your story. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I would love for you to share a little bit about your background and how you knew you really wanted to be an entrepreneurista and start your business. So at a young age during college, you know, I always knew that I wanted to be in fashion. Um, I spent a lot of my summers interning in New York City for various companies in marketing, advertisement, and of course, fashion. And as soon as I finished school, I knew that I had to pursue a career in fashion. Um, I wanted to get my feet wet and really try and get as much experience as possible before becoming an entrepreneurista. Although I really didn't think that I was going to be an entrepreneurista. Um, as soon as I graduated college, I immediately worked for a PR company where um, I worked for a ton of different fashion brands and beauty brands and really got to get the lay of the land of the fashion landscape, especially in New York City. Following that, I went to Parsons. My husband actually went to Parsons right after school and went to this amazing program that they have there called um, a degree in Associate Applied Science degree, um, where you really spend more time studying the fashion industry. So I was able to take courses in buying and merchandising and actually um, some creative courses, including design, and really fell in love with fashion. It, it was definitely a more push in the right direction to um, pursue, you know, a dream career. And while I was at Parsons, I ended up working for Ralph Lauren in the merchandising department. And as soon as I graduated, I stayed on at Ralph Lauren and worked there for about three years. It was really fun. It was dynamic. And it was great to work in a corporate environment like Ralph Lauren and the growing company it was. 
Um, after I spent some time there, I went into um, being a buyer at Theory, um, where I was crunching a lot more numbers. Um, I was able to really spend some more time in their retail stores and um, watch the whole business unfold as they added third-party different brands into their stores. So that was really fun for me. And following being a buyer at Theory, I went and worked for a small fine jewelry company as their sales director called Emily Nashley, um, where I really was interfacing with the customer out and about in the field in different stores, selling the product, and really was able to understand more you know, about the industry and all the different aspects of it. And while I was at Emily Nashley, I came up with this idea for my husband and I to start a blog, which led into becoming an entrepreneur. That is such an incredible story. Did you know while you were starting in these early careers that you ultimately definitely wanted to start your own business and you were trying to, you know, learn as much as you could to then start something or, you know, when did it hit you that you definitely wanted to start your own business? So the honest truth, no, I didn't know that I would start my own company. I definitely have a type A personality. So I love being in a corporate dynamic and exciting environment. However, once I led to working for a small business, the fashion, um, fine jewelry business, I knew that being an entrepreneur was right up my alley. I um, realized that through the different various work experiences and the experience that my husband had and both our love for fashion that starting our own company was definitely meant to be. And like you said, all of these experiences led to being able to do that. Do you remember some of those early conversations with your husband, like brainstorming and figuring out what you were going to start? Absolutely. We, you know, actually we were sitting in one of the, um, the, horrible snowstorms in New York that we had. <laughs> um, it was about January, 2015. It was a terrible snowstorm. I believe they shut down the city and we were sitting there thinking of all the different ideas that we wanted to do and start and create. And we were literally sitting there and saying, you know what, we want to open a retail store. And we looked at each other and said, however, we don't want to be there on a snowy day like today. <laughs> so what can we start? you know, that you didn't have to be in person every single day. And that's really where, you know, the idea of creating this blog was the best start for us. And it was the best way to really test out, you know, in a small capacity to see if people appreciated our voice and our opinion as well. Okay. So take me back to those early days, starting the blog as your test. How did you put up the website? How were you creating content? And then Tell me about the point when that actually turned into what your business is today. So we started Stylist to a T based off of all the feedback that we got from friends and family. They kept asking us, Alex and Michael, my husband, what should I wear? How do I wear it? And where should I buy it? So that's really where I came up with this idea to create our blog, really focused on women's fashion. I felt like a lot of the blogs at the time focused on so many different parts, whether it was travel or food or fashion. And I wanted our focus to be on women's fashion. I felt like we were constantly getting this question and we could really answer, you know, to the world, this question. We both were working full-time jobs at the time. I didn't, you know, go off on my own until we really saw some traction happen. So we really spent our evenings and weekends doing photo shoots, um, figuring out the content, exactly what you said, figuring out how to build a website. Um, I was very fortunate to be connected with a few different freelancers who helped me to build the website, get the creative up, obviously with photo shoots, getting freelancer photographers, 
being a very structured entrepreneur, you know, I tried to plan out everything over the weekend. So during the week, I could go to work and everything would go as planned. And that's really how it started off. And what was the traction like? When did it turn into, you know, more than just a blog? And were you generating revenue from from that blog in the early days? So in the early days, it was all about relationships. Because both Michael and I had so much experience in the industry. We both had worked about eight years in fashion. We had some wonderful relationships. So we were able to pull products from fashion companies. So we pulled Christian Louboutin and Manolo Blahnik. You know, we were getting creative and finding different ways that we could really help to show women how to style these pieces. So we made the focus whether how to style a fabulous heel for work and then how to wear it, you know, on a weekend out to dinner with friends. We're all about making women feel stylish, comfortable, and confident in no matter what they wore. Um, so obviously, as we were getting more viewers, um, our community was building, and we were finding different ways to pivot through the fashion industry by having a blog, we were taking on more meetings, we were building relationships, we were getting more brands to be behind us that we were able to um, become more profitable. And that is really when we saw, you know, we saw this community build and take off. Did you get feedback from your audience, especially, you know, on Instagram for what they were looking for to then figure out how to create your own line? Yes. So our own line has always been a dream of ours. We, as I mentioned, we pivoted numerous times on our blog. So initially what started off as a passion project has really evolved now into a marketing platform for us. So as I mentioned, you know, we started off by taking pictures and really trying to relate to the woman and showing her what to wear, how to wear it, and directing her exactly where to buy it. We were that middleman between the brands and the customers and helping them to make the money and get the eyes on it. And as we were doing this and getting more feedback into virtual styling, people were reaching out for virtual styling questions. We started to charge virtual styling fees. We worked with a department store and was in-house in their personal styling department. One of the feedback that we were getting from women is that they couldn't find a dress that was under $1,000 that they could wear for various occasions, it be classic, still designer aesthetic, but affordable. So I turned to my husband and we kept hearing this feedback and I said to him, let's go do this. And about three years later, we went off and did it. I love it. You had an idea. You were listening to your customers and just made it happen. I want to hear about some of those early days though. So you have this idea, you're going to start your own line. There is yes. so much that is involved in starting a any business, of course, but especially a clothing business where you are constantly having to design things, manufacture them, sell the cycles. And you had all of this experience from your roles at your previous companies. So I knew, I know you knew what you were doing, but nothing ever goes according to plan. What were those early <laughs> days like? Tell, tell me all about it. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, you know, at this point, Michael and I were off on our own. We both, you know, had left our full-time Jobs. However, Michael worked for a fashion company called Quinn Franco. He worked there for 10 years. And again, he had built wonderful relationships. So we were able to start off with a strong support system um, and having some people who we've worked with previously help to help us make our dream come true. But like you said, there are a lot of bumps in the road. I'll never forget. We came up with this idea in summer of 2018. 
we showed our first collection in January of 2019. And it was it was literally uh, Christmas and we had our team, the, the two members of our team who are still with us today and are so talented and so wonderful. They were hustling in the design district, getting our samples together for us just to make sure that we could have them in time for the first time that we showed the collection in January of 2019. And we launched the brand by September, 2019. So, you know, as you mentioned, a lot of late nights, a lot of hustling, a lot of challenges, but we made it through. Can you share, especially for our listeners who are thinking about starting a fashion company, can you share a little bit about like the logistics and timing and what you really need to think about when launching a fashion brand? Because I know there's so many moving parts that are involved. And for me too, I, I, I definitely don't have experience launching a, launching a fashion company. And I imagine there's so many moving parts. Absolutely. You know, one of the reasons why we were able to launch Tossin and very fortunately enough is that we had a couple of wholesalers that, you know, picked up the line immediately and launched with us in September of 2019. And I think the wholesale business is obviously tricky right now post the pandemic, and it is very nerve wracking for a lot of fashion brands. So I think, you know, starting your own fashion company to begin with, you have to decide whether this is going to be a product you're selling strictly on your own website or if you're looking for other channels of distribution as a source to help, you know, get your name out there. And for us, we wanted to we wanted to try both. You know, we were new at obviously having our own fashion company. We've obviously had worked at these other places. Michael had wonderful relationships with various wholesalers and various distribution channels. And I had more of the marketing experience as running, you know, the website just from our blog and, and everything that I had learned there and from my previous experience. But we really wanted to try both. So I think that if you're going off on your own, whether it's fashion products or, you know, lifestyle products, beauty products, whatever it might be, you really have to first off decide, you know, what kind of channel of distribution do you want? Where should you spend your money and where should you spend your efforts? And who is it best to network with first? It is hard to do both. Um, and I think obviously in today's world, a lot more people are shopping online, which is very exciting. However, we are seeing you know, a turn as the world has come back that people are excited to go out and go shopping and go back into stores. So, you know, you're not doing yourself a disservice to offer both of them, but you just have to understand the investment in both different channels of distribution. Who were some of your first retailers that picked up the line? Nima Marcus um, has been a retailer of ours Amazing. for quite a long time. And also Rent the Runway has been a, a great retailer of ours as well. Now we are available on Saks and we actually are just launching on Bergdorfgoodman.com. That is so exciting. Congratulations. And what big names to those stores to get into so early on. That is such an accomplishment. And as you said, having relationships in the industry is, is definitely really important in really every aspect of business, building key relationships over the years as you're, you know, in other jobs and meeting people is so important because you never know, you know, what you're going to end up doing and how those connections will, will help your business. So I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Uh, I want to hear a little bit about the launch of your e-commerce site. Do you have any tips you can share? What what platform did you use when you launched? Are you still on the same e-commerce platform from when you launched? 
We're on the same e-commerce platform. We're on Shopify, awesome. um, which has been great, super easy to utilize and work. It's been great for our team and very functional. And we've used them from the beginning. Building an e-commerce site is not as easy as everybody thinks, especially, you know, as I mentioned, the investments behind photography and obviously making sure that you have the right imagery that attracts and is exciting to your consumer, which we continually are learning. Because we launched our Toss and Brand in September of 2019, and then the pandemic hit, you know, really in March, we were able to read, you know, for about six months as to how the traction was on our website, but obviously it's changed over the past year and a half. So we've had to make sure to pivot. So being able to utilize Shopify has been great as you know, a great way that we could change the imagery, change the messaging. I think the hardest thing is, is that you always want to try new things on your website, whether it's changing your design or your messaging, and you always have to give it time. Yes. Um, we were we were fortunate enough to change in the beginning of this year and now, you know, six months and I'm like, oh, is it time to change it yet? But I know we just, we have to give it a little bit more time because, you know, again, it is an investment. You have to make sure that everything works and everyone finds it user-friendly as well. And not only, you know, are you making sure that your website is easy to use, easy to find a product, but also you have to make sure that you are creating ads to drive sales, you know, to get other consumers, other eyeballs to your site as well. That is such a great tip. And I didn't even realize that you were on Shopify. Shopify is actually one of our Entreprenista partners that we're working with. And we're doing a whole event series with Entreprenistas to learn how to get on Shopify and, and set up their business. So our event series, we should have you, you should come. You can, you can I even speak at our event series and share more. <laughs> so we'll definitely connect after once we stop the recording and, and I'll tell you more about it so you can join us. So yeah, that event series kicks off July 28th because our goal at Entrepreneurs, as you know, is to help as many women business owners get their business off the ground. And as you shared, Shopify is just so, so easy with all the templates that they have and their backend. And, you know, we have a Shopify website for our other DigiCards business. And I always joke, our, our favorite thing is when you hear that cash register noise when people are buying, right? <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> and you're like, at, you know, you're, I'm at a kid's birthday party. It's like, cha-ching. You're like, oh, great. This is Someone great. else just bought something. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> we are. We're, we're big Shopify. Big Shopify oh, fans that's over great. here. <laughs> that's great. I, w- I wish you guys did this five years ago. <laughs> Great. Next up, you'll hear how Alex led her business in 2020 amidst a pandemic and launched a successful partnership with Dillard's. Plus, the key things to know before pitching a brand to retailers or wholesalers. Alex, you launched your first business, Tossin, right before the pandemic, and then the pandemic hits in 2020. So many businesses had to pivot and adapt. You know, people weren't going out for a while and, and getting dressed up. Can you share how you managed and led your business in 2020 and then take us to, to where you are today? Well, 2020 was a very exciting year for our company. So like you mentioned with Tossin, we launched September 2019 and the pandemic hit in March of 2020. We launched Tossin as a business that was solely dresses because we were answering a question for women to create dresses that would take them from meetings to evenings and everything in between. Obviously, when the pandemic hit and everyone was in their home, we had to pivot quickly. We always had it in our plan to grow Tossin to include 
other pieces, including separate bottoms, tops, knitwear, t-shirts, tank tops. But we didn't realize we'd have to do it so quickly. So with Tossin, we were able to pivot very quickly, offer these separates, and we've really seen the business grow. And as I mentioned, um, continue to grow in different distribution channels as well. So, but besides for Tossin, prior to the pandemic, we were speaking with an amazing team of ours, the Dillard's team, um, right in the winter of 2019, about creating a line exclusively for them. They had followed us along and seen our Tossin product, and we had an opportunity to create a dress line exclusively for them. So again, we showed them in the winter of 2019. We had our next meeting with them, obviously, was planned for the spring of 2020. We weren't able to see them until summer of 2020. And we were able to launch a whole nother dress business with them in January of 2021. Not to mention, I also had our second child, December 31st of 2020. So as I said, we had a lot of exciting things going on with our business. And now we have a separate line called LDT. It's named after our daughter, Liv Dakota Tossin, which couldn't be more perfect because this line launched in a time where women were craving exciting, joyful, fun pieces. And that's exactly what this collection evokes. That is quite a story. And I have so many questions that (laughs) I hope you can unpack for me based on that experience. My first question as a new mom as well, I still say new mom, even though she's two, because I, I think I feel like I'm always going to feel like a new mom. How did you handle, you know, having a new child, you have another child as well. And, you know, dealing with all of the stress of the pandemic and launching this new line, like, what do you do to, you know, take care of yourself and, and, you know, protect your time and your emotions going, going through all of this? I feel like there's so much we could learn from you. <laughs> well, it's it's not easy. So thank you so much. You know, fortunately, as the world changed, it has allowed us to be so much more present and, and at home with our children. So as you mentioned, we do have a three and a half year old little girl. And when the world shifted, we had to figure out how to work from home and how to be parents, which it took definitely a little bit of time and tears and frustration. But you know, by having a wonderful partner as Michael, uh, we were definitely able to figure out a schedule that worked for us while we, you know, were in the midst of the pandemic. And, you know, when it was really hard and, you know, we had to both be her support system as well. So I think, you know, fortunately, we've been able to be there so much more present with her. Um, Unfortunately, like you mentioned, who has time to get anything done for themselves these days, but we really have been able to figure out a schedule that 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 works that we're we're on when we're with her. And, you know, when we're working, we're working. And then, you know, having the second child has been pretty amazing. Um, We've been able to structurally with our company, make sure we have a strong support system. So we have an incredible CEO who has worked for us for two years, which has been, she's been wonderful for both Michael and I to have so that, you know, at times when I can't be present because I'm with my kids, she's able to step in and take over for me. Um, We also have an incredible team who's so loyal and has been with us from the beginning. And so, you know, it really has allowed us to make all these milestones in our businesses be possible and become a success as well. I always say the saying, it takes a village is it really so does. true. <laughs> it it <laughs> does. I mean, without a support system and, you know, asking for help and reaching out to others to, to be there and support, it's, 
not easy to raise a, a baby and a business or babies and a business, as I, <laughs> exactly. as I say. Exactly. And I, I do think it's hard as entrepreneurs, we put so much pressure on ourselves to try and do everything. But like you said, asking for help, having support, you know, acknowledging when you can be on during the day versus when you can be off. It's, it's not a bad thing, you know, making sure that the days that you're working, you're really working. I mean, time management is everything in these days. And, you know, the days that we have so much going on with work, you know, I know that come the weekend, I need to shut the computer, you know, and really spend that family time. Any tips you can share for time management, any apps that you use? What helps you? So I'm someone who needs to exercise, whether it's go for a walk, work out with some friends, especially this summer. It's been nice to see my friends again. (laughs) You know, I think it's super important to schedule time for yourself. And so I try and at least book an hour, put on my schedule. That is me time. Because if I don't have that time, then it's hard for me to be present with everything else I'm doing. So that's been super important to me. And recently this summer, I've been very into taking bubble baths at the end of the day and just making sure that I have that time to, you know, de-stress and just think about what has gone on in my day. I am so with you on the bubble baths. I've always been a bath person since I was a, a little kid and I'm still the same to this day. And, and my <laughs> husband always tries to encourage me. He's like, just go upstairs, just take a bath and relax. There's just something about being in a bath that is so serene and helpful. So I love to meet a fellow bath person. I don't know if it's that common or maybe people just don't talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. And I don't know about you, but just like hanging out in my bathroom during this pandemic and post-life has really been like my like sanctuary. You know, that's been the place that I go to just for some quiet time, even if I need to shut the door. (laughs) Totally. Are there any like favorite relaxing bath products that you use? I'm very into Joe Malone. I just love their products and, you know, always like to add those bubbles to just add a little touch of relaxation. Oh my gosh. Yes. Their products <laughs> smell so good. I've been using, um, she's actually a fellow entrepreneurista. She has a company called Life Therapy. Oh, I'll have to try it. Oh, her products smell so, so amazing. And she has a bubble bath and gel and candles and all this good stuff. So that's amazing. That's been my go-to. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love so that. Something we have to talk about is your incredible relationship with your husband, both personally and professionally. We've chatted with a lot of entrepreneurs who have worked with family members and spouses. And I think it's so interesting to hear about dynamics, especially when working with a spouse. Can you share how you make it all work? And I'm sure there can't be time. I'm sure there are times you don't always agree on things. How do you handle that? (laughs) Absolutely. So Michael and I have fortunately been together for 18 years. We met the first day of college. So we really know a lot about each other. (laughs) Um, We know each other's strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, as we were falling in love with each other, we both fell in love with fashion, which, you know, I feel so fortunate. He is the world's best shopping buddy. You know, his goal is to always make me feel confident, comfortable, and stylish in whatever I'm wearing. But the one thing that has really made us work so well together is that Michael handles all the creative, the design, and the sales aspects of the business, whereas I handle more of the marketing and the financials. Obviously, with the pandemic, it allowed us to both you know, sit down and really fine tune our skills, but also understand each other's skills just because there was so much pivoting in all of the business. Um, So we really, you know, overall know what's going on. And he leans to me for advice, especially if he's designing women's clothing um, and things like that. But we really have 
we understand each other's strengths and weaknesses and utilize that to help, you know, to be successful both internally with our team and how we interact with them as well as externally with the world as, you know, as we are promoting our brands and our personal life, you know, on social media as well. Is it hard ever being so public on social and sharing, you know, your life, what's happening, your kids, what's that like? You know what, it's, it's definitely more natural now. You know, we've been doing it for five years and it becomes more natural. There's, there's definitely some days where I, I'll send them a text and be like, we need to do stories. You know, work is just so busy. We've been sitting on Zooms. It's not very, you know, an exciting thing to share. So I try and not put, push that pressure on us. And, you know, but some days we're very on and we show so much. And, you know, I think what we've really realized is our community enjoys seeing a process and a lifestyle. We just moved into a new house and everybody has loved seeing the decorating process, which has been really fun. And it's also a nice way to see what people react to, you know, as we're designing things. Um, it's, it's nice to see how the whole thing mixes together. What type of content have you learned from your audience works really well for you? And maybe any tips you can share with other entrepreneurs who are building their personal brand on social and then have aspirations to like you turn, turn it into a business and sell product. Real life. They love the real life. The other day we had a trunk show out here in the Hamptons with some great other brands and I styled a top just with jean shorts because it was like 90 degrees and people reacted so much to the top. It was a toss and top that we were able to sell, you know, the product. So, so people just want to see everything in real life and realize that it's not perfect. When we started off, you know, I had professional pictures done and I wanted everything to be absolutely perfect and be able to find the product and that you can shop it. And, and nobody cares about that anymore. You know, everybody just wants the, the genuine, the truth and you know, the raw imagery and exactly what you're doing. And, and that's what they find exciting and captivating. Totally. I, I couldn't agree more. Like people want to relate to you. And I always say people like to do business with people they love, people that they trust and are excited about connecting with. So when you're building these real one-on-one -on -one connections with your customers and you're like genuinely engaging with them and chatting with them and DMing with them, like they're going to be your lifelong customers. So you figured it out early on exactly. and, and I love personally love following you guys and, and seeing what you're up to. It's a Thank super you. fun Thank and you. exciting question for you, Alex, did you end up raising money for your business? So we've been fortunate to have a private investor for our business. And obviously again, as just like any other entrepreneurial company, but as the world has been changing, you know, the structure has been definitely more fine tuned and, you know, just, pivoting and, and looking continuously for new ways to, you know, promote and grow the business as well. What are you most excited about that's coming up for the remainder of this year? Well, as I mentioned, we launched on Bergdorf Goodman for Tossin, which we're really excited about. Um, and for LVP, all I can tell you for um, 2022 is that we have a lot up our sleeve besides for just dresses. So definitely stay tuned. That is super exciting. I also want to hear a little bit about what the process is like for our listeners who are trying to do wholesale and get into retail. What is that process like? I know you shared your husband already had some relationships. So it was easy, maybe easier to get those first meetings, but what do you need to have prepared to go into those meetings with retailers? What are some of the like nuances you need to know before you start pitching your brand to wholesalers or retailers? First of all, definitely do your market research. See what's out there. 
find an opportunity that's missing, it's very hard to copy or follow another brand. You know, I know that it's hard in fashion because things come back a few years later or trends change and you just have to keep going with the, you know, with what you're seeing. And I think the hardest thing like you've touched upon is the fashion calendar cycle is just, it's so different. So we just finished showing to the wholesalers holiday for the end of this year. But the fashion cycle, because you have to place those orders with your manufacturer and have them actually made, this stuff will deliver in store and online in October. You know, so you really have to be ahead of the game and ahead of the trends that you're seeing. Oftentimes, you know, friends in our community say, how can you predict the trends of what you're seeing for next summer? You know, we're in it right now. And that's actually what our team is designing. They're designing next summer. So, you know, we, we definitely do our market research. We see what people are wearing at these different trunk shows and events that we're doing, or even when Michael and I go out for dinner, we're always looking at what women are wearing and the feedback that we get, fortunately, you know, from, from you know, our Instagram and, and being able to try and predict what people will like next summer is obviously a challenge, but, you know, getting feedback is key and doing the market research to see what's you know, what other brands are working on that has, has really worked this season is how you can figure out what to design for next season. So I think, you know, just going back to your question, um, you know, I think anyone who's trying to start a career in fashion, number one, definitely network. You know, if there's a certain wholesaler or store that you really want to get into, whether it's in your local town or, you know, someone who you really like, get to know them, go in the store a lot, see what is around you, see what they have in the store, see if they're missing something, see if something's, you know, really popular and people are responding to it and then get to know those people, whether it's now, you know, going for coffee and just getting to know them. Relationships take a while to build with these stores. And there's obviously only a couple of people, of buyers who are there, but you really have to get them to be your friends and to get to know your brand and what you're trying, you know, what need you're trying to fulfill. And they'll believe in you. You just have to give it time. Are those meetings happening over Zoom now or are they back to being in person? So all of our meetings have been in Zoom. However, starting on Zoom, but starting in September, they're starting in real person, which is exciting. But I think just like the rest of the world, I think we've all realized this time management again. You know, there's definitely meetings that now you can do on Zoom Mm -hmm. that I think will continue. But I think for market is what we call it when we show, you know, the different stores, our collection. It'll be nice for them to see it in person because they can really touch and feel it. Whereas, you know, the past year and a half, the photo shoot of the lookbook that you present the collection to the stores is super important to really set the vibe, you know, of what you're trying to sell. Any tips you can share for when you're pitching these retailers over Zoom? Like, what are they looking for? What makes for a great presentation? What do you need to show? How should you show up to these meetings? So this is Michael's strength. Um, you know, I think it's all about, again, making them your friends, you know, not being so buttoned up. Obviously, some of them might be harder to crack the code over others. Um, so you can't get discouraged, but really making them your friends, understanding their feedback, you know, asking them what, what's been working, why has it been working, what are people responding to, and then obviously selling your line and your brand to them and getting their feedback. There's there's definitely things that they might like, and there's definitely things that they don't like, but you can't take it, you know, as a, as a moment of a failure, you should only take it as a reason to, you know, move forward again. Have you had uh, experiences where you've pitched to a retailer and they've said no? Yes. 
Absolutely. What do you then ask them for the feedback on that call? Do they send it to you after? Do they, do they give you that information? We, we try. We try and get as much feedback as possible so then we can call them the next season and have them look at it again. And then we call them again and we call them again. And you just, you can't give up. You have to continue to do it, to, to push forward and, and to get that, get them to come and, you know, want to see your collection. Never give up. Keep going. Never give up. If yeah. you hear no, I always say, if you hear no, it's a great time to learn and figure out how to get to that yes. I couldn't agree more. Up next, Alex shares her number one fashion tip and the one thing she wished she knew when starting her career. All right, Alex, this is a fun new segment we've been doing. We're going to do a quick rapid fire Q&A. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. And the first thing that comes to your mind, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Describe yourself in three words. Happy, type A, friendly. I love it. If you could learn one new skill today, what would it be? Relearn tennis. Ah, <laughs> you can do that this summer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is your most used emoji when you send a text? Happy face. Mm-hmm. Is there an app on your phone that you can't live without? Obviously, Instagram. <laughs> I was going to say the Shopify app or Instagram, right? There, right? <laughs> yes. Is there another like favorite tech solution or business solution that you use in your business that's really helped you? Uh, I would say uh, QuickBooks. Mm -hmm. Do you have a hidden talent? So this one's actually a good one. I've been playing Canasta with my girlfriend for the past five years. So obviously, we played in person prior to COVID, and now we've been playing online. That is so interesting. And I've heard mm -hmm. of people playing Canasta before and I have no idea how to play. So I'm going to look into this one. I love that. It's great. It's a really fun card game. Finally, for a rapid fire, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? To be invisible for a few minutes. Ah, that is, I haven't heard that one yet. I, I get it. I absolutely get it. <laughs> that was so much fun. All right. Back to, back to our regular programming and, and questions. I want to hear, especially now this summer, what does a typical day outside of work look like for you? Well, having two kids under three, basically, you know, it's all about birthday parties, family walks, hopefully trying to get in some pool days if this weather changes up here. Um, and, you know, just some fun time with our friends. And I have to ask you this, if I missed this question, everyone would be so upset. I want to hear your favorite fashion tips. So let's do in person now that we're, you know, around more people and then any other like Zoom fashion tips you can share. So my number one fashion tip that Michael has instilled in me from day one is carry yourself with confidence. Any woman could be wearing a paper bag, but as long as you're carrying yourself with confidence, you can rock that look and feel good about yourself. So that is my go-to mantra that no matter what I put on, you know, I carry myself with confidence and feel put together. Um, just some other tips, obviously, for Zoom is, you know, I think at this point now, women, we want to get dressed. When you get dressed, you feel so great about yourself. So, you know, try and make sure whether you're still working from home or you're going to start to head into the office that you do have some kind of schedule and routine that you make sure that you get dressed and feel like yourself at least once a day. So true. Is there anything that you wish you knew when you first started your business that you know now that you can share with our entrepreneurs? I think, you know, we've definitely touched upon it, 
but things take time and you have to be patient. And just like you said, from every failure, you learn and you learn how to grow. And again, as entrepreneurs and as women, we put so much pressure on ourselves to do everything to AT. And I think we just have to realize as life gets busier that it's okay if things take a little bit longer. Totally. Everything takes so much longer than we anticipated. (laughs) I always find it's hard as, you know, type A entrepreneurs, we have an idea, we want to do something, want it to happen right now. And things take time. Look, especially when you're producing products, it's, you know, can't be done overnight. So exactly. I've never heard of anyone who's an overnight success. It it all takes time. (laughs) Absolutely. I agree with you completely. Alex, have you had any mentors or champions who really helped you in your career over the years? You know, I wouldn't necessarily say that I have one mentor. Um, My husband has been a huge inspiration, and that's why I think that we work so well together. Um, He really brings out the best in me. Um, However, I do feel, you know, as an entrepreneur, I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't had all that experience. And I think, you know, obviously in the world we're in, and if you're young and you have the time, go and learn. There's so much to learn about, and there's so much available and so many resources for everyone now, especially with Google and uh, podcasts and, you know, just so much that you can learn from that if you have an idea and it's great, just give it some time and, you know, you can, you should go and learn and learn what you need to do, you know, to focus on to be a success rather than then rush to it. Um, And that's really something that I learned through all the different companies that I worked for and worked around as well. And that I continue, you know, to be surrounded by with our team and my husband. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like so much of what I learned from working at, you know, large companies, especially before we started our, our first business, Social Fly, I was able to take all of that experience and apply it to starting the business. And Courtney and I always say we took, you know, the good parts of corporate and brought it to our business and then left the things behind that we were like, wait a second, this stuff doesn't make sense and you should never do this within a company. So it's definitely good to have all of those learning lessons and experiences. And then one of the reasons why we started our community, the Entrepreneurs League, our membership community is so all of these women can connect and share stories and and help each other. It can definitely be lonely in the beginning when you're starting a business. And we're both lucky in that you have your husband as your business partner. I I have Courtney as, as a business partner. So we're able to to bounce ideas off each other and be there as a support system. But, you know, when you're starting a business, especially as a solo founder, it can be really hard to, to not have that support. So we love having our, our community so we can all interact and connect and share, share all of these tools and resources. So I completely agree. And I think in today's world, you can't be afraid to ask questions, you know, so learn from somebody else's experience or, you know, listen to this wonderful community, get the advice that you can get and, and don't be afraid to ask questions. No question is too little that you can't learn from. Absolutely. Uh, Well, Alex, I have so enjoyed hearing so much about your story and journey and cannot wait to continue to follow all of the incredible things you're going to do with both of your brands. So we will definitely be following along. My final question for you is what does being an entrepreneurista really mean to you? It really means that we are strong women who can be a success at anything, you know, that you put your mind to. You bet. Well, Alex, thank you so, so much. Thank you, Stephanie. Where can everyone find you and follow you? And for our listeners who are interested in seeing your beautiful clothing, um, what are the websites they can head to to purchase? 
So we have three Instagrams that you can follow us. Um, our blog has now developed to Alex and Michael Tossin, and our last name is T-O-C-C-I-N. Our two fashion lines are Tossin, T-O-C-C-I-N dot official and L-D-T dot official. And you can find all of the websites and information there. And we do have an exclusive code for your community for Tossin. And you women can shop our collection and enter in Tossin 15 at checkout. Thank you so much, Alex. And for everyone who's listening, we will be sharing all of those links in the show notes. So if you didn't catch all of that, uh, go over to the show notes and you will see links out to Alex's websites and Instagram handles. So you can be sure to check everything out. And thank you so much for that coupon code for our community. We are definitely going to be using that. So thank you, Alex. I'm Stephanie, and this is the best business meeting I've ever had. Hey, thanks for listening and leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to stay in touch with each of you. You can listen to all of our latest episodes at entreprenista.com and connect with us on Instagram at entreprenistas. We'd also love to invite you to join the Entreprenista League, our private membership community for trailblazing women. You can head over to entreprenista.com forward slash the league. We'll see you there. Wishing you a productive week ahead.